Hey, a date with Dateline listeners. This is Patrick Hines from True Crime Obsessed Podcast. And I'm so excited to tell you that I'm launching a brand new true crime comedy podcast called Obsessed with Disappeared. The podcast is an episode-by-episode recap of everyone's favorite true crime show, IDs Disappeared. So if you're as fascinated and terrified as I am by missing persons cases, this podcast is for you. My co-host for Obsessed with Disappeared is my best friend of 20 years, Broadway diva Ellen Marsh. Our podcast is full of humor, sass, heart, and also two decades worth of just the shadiest dirt on each other. So if you're serious about true crime and missing people, but you also love to laugh, find Obsessed with Disappeared wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes one and two are available right now. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Tonight's episode is called Mystery in Big Sky Country, which is, I guess, name for Montana? There we go. This is season 24, episode 15, January 8th, 2016, it first aired. Um, And it's hosted by Keith. And to everyone on Twitter complaining to Dateline that this is a repeat, you're basically saying you want Keith Morrison to get coronavirus. Is that what you want? Oh. I don't think so. That is harsh words. Then take several seats and zip it. Yeah. Because we need to protect our kid. Yeah. At all costs. He's a national treasure. Yes, he is. Of Canada and the U.S. International treasure. It's already yeah. been decided. So this takes place in 1996 in Montana. It is, as Keith says, a mystery that has come all the way down to us. He's not one of us, like the listeners, the No, viewers. he's a Harvard man, Kimberly. Yeah, he, so he, he is... wouldn't mean us because that would put him in our group. Right. And we, he is not in our group. He's much better than us. So it's come to the Dateline staff, mm-hmm. the Dateline family. And they're worthy of it to step right. up to that challenge. Right. They're ready to, to tell us this case. So this is about Brian. Okay. Nope. Keith pronounces it like Ryan. He does. Or Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, kind Ryan. of. Ryan. So, like rind without a D. So it sounds like Brian Ryan the yeah. entire episode. Yeah. But it's spelled R-E-I-N, like rain. So I think if you say Brian Ryan, I think it's Ryan. It would be like R-H-I-N-E, Ryan. Okay. Except when you say it together, there is no way to avoid it sounding like right. Bri- Brian Ryan and Brian Ryan. But why Ryan. is it pronounced like that when it's spelled R-E-I-N, like rain? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know his family's origin. Okay. So... This what basically this woman's is like his landlord and she sends her husband to check on him and the husband calls says it's a suicide. He killed himself. Mm. He sees blood everywhere. And the woman tells 911 it's a suicide. But the woman is a smart cookie and realizes very quickly that there's a struggle that happened and that it wasn't a suicide. But unfortunately, the cat's already out of the bag. The the Yeah. I don't that's not the right expression. But the horse is out of the stable. Yeah, and and now suicide is what people think it is. So everyone at the scene thinks it's suicide. The police think it's suicide right away. Right. And they never see murders there, so they immediately think it's suicide anyways. Um, but as we get into it, you will come back to realize that basically the entire thing is the fault of that first guy 
the husband who said it was a suicide. I'm sure he's a nice gentleman, but his mistake caused a ripple effect that lasted like 20 years. Oh, it did. Interesting. Right? Yeah, I you're mean, totally right. I feel bad because it was an honest mistake, but and it, it really it, caused a poop storm. At first glance, it appears to be a suicide. In his defense, if you're just walking in and looking, maybe not to someone like you and me, but to some who obviously cover a million datelines. But yeah, we're the, professional amateurs. Right. If he, if you're not a professional am, amateur criminologist, then you're mm-hmm. going to go in there and see a suicide. Right. So um, let's step back and talk about Brian. He grew up with two sisters who said that he was ornery growing up, which I <laughs> love when the siblings <laughs> talk smack about their dead sibling because it's it. real. It feels real. Um, and I These hope my brother would do the same. These sisters are very real. Yes, very real. Uh, they have big hair. Um, yeah, lots of hair. Lots of hair. Blonde and um, a brunette, which is the best because we can tell them apart very, very easily. easily. Uh, also, one cries a lot and is very sad, and the other one has New York attitude for some reason, oh, even though she's from Kansas. And I, it's like, I don't have time for that. No, I wrote down perma-ticked. She's yeah, permanently she's ticked perma-ticked. off. Yeah. Yep. So it's very easy to tell them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian always wanted to be a veterinarian. He moved to Montana. He started his practice. He was hot, and the ladies loved him. A few people yes. online said he looked like a young Tom Brady. Okay. Do you know who Tom Brady is? I know who he is, but I don't know what he looks like. James Brolin? Is that kind of what Tom Brady looks like? No, I don't think so. Okay, then I don't know what he looks like. So uh, there's one girl that he starts hanging out with, and at the same time, weird stuff starts happening. A rock was thrown through his window. He had a bunch of crank calls where they would just hang up, which I don't like. At least, like, ask me if my refrigerator's running or uh, use a voice modulator like Dennis Murphy, because just hanging up is lazy. What's the difference between a prank call and a crank call? Unsure. Maybe no difference. Regionality? Maybe it's a regional colloquialism. Because I don't know what a crank call. Wasn't there that call. show called something Crankers? Crank, crank Yankers. Crank. Oh, was it called Crank Yankers? Yeah, but I'd never heard crank, I don't think, until that show. I'd only ever heard crank Oh, and crank did I just call. say crank? You said crank call. Instead of crank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crank call, prank call. Hmm. I don't know why I said crank. They must have said crank on Dateline. They said prank. Oh, then where did I say crank from? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Did you Maybe always I grow up? Crank say, did you grow up saying I'm going to go make crank calls with my friends? Yeah, I think I did. I think oh, okay. I did. So Brian, he went out of town for a conference. He comes home, and then he comes home on Friday night, and on Sunday he is found dead in his place. Now, the family is furious that they think it's a suicide, but the cops who got to the scene, this is where it gets really bad, is they thought it was a suicide. So they thought they were being very helpful by cleaning up the crime scene so that the family would not have to see any of the blood and stuff. So they used towels, towels to clean up, mop up the blood, like just haphazardly mop up the blood, and then if they found something with blood on it, like there was a phone that was under the body with the blood on it, they just threw away the phone, just chucked it in the bin. What in the... Okay. So, but they thought they were being helpful. But this is like a teeny tiny town. The population is 300 people, they said. Yeah, 300 people. Geraldine is the town. Like, 
And the two that are cops are dumb. Right. Are they from that town? Are they from even a another town oh, over? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe they're from another town over. So who even, they don't know what they're, they needed to walk in that door, see a crime scene, and move, and walk back out and be like, we're not equipped to handle this. I think you're supposed to assume to that this. it's a crime first. Just you to make are. sure. Make I think it's like crime school one. I think it's policing 101. It's like yeah. if it even, you catch a whiff that it could be a crime. Right. Back slowly out. Now, his body, he has cuts on it, like there was a struggle. But here's the real kicker. He's shot twice in the arm and then once in the chest. No one kills themselves. Shoots themselves in the chest to kill themselves. No. So the state investigator comes in. There He's we go. the one that knows what's going on. But the crime scene had already been unprotected for a full day. So it's all cleaned up and evidence has been tossed in the trash. Also, the cops there took 12 photos, 12 photos. The amount of of tries it takes for one girl to get a selfie for Instagram. That's how many photos they just one photo that goes on Instagram. You need like 12 tries. I think it's least. less than that. I think a girl trying to put a good selfie on Instagram would take 20 photos 20 they took less than that they took less than that of an entire crime scene house so the investigator uses string to line up the bullet trajectory which i love why don't we see that more often i don't know it seemed a very old school but very cool they're both like in their like collared shirts and the one Mm -hmm. guy's like kind of wrapped in the string as they're figuring out like where the where the arm yes Shots took place where that they've oh, done it on cold justice, I think. But and I feel like I've seen them do it with like lasers uh, or a computer generated thing. Mm-hmm. But I like the old school string. I think that's me really too. Cool. So they don't know when he was killed. Was he killed right when he came home on Friday night? Or was he killed anytime during Saturday? They have no clue. I don't know why they can't tell. Um, at least a, a window with from the autopsy. But the autopsy leaves that part of the the de- medical determination blank. Time of death right. is just blank. Mm. So um, there's a neighbor who lives a mile away as the crow flies. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody had heard from him on Friday night and he was found on Sunday. They think it's impossible that he was would go all day Saturday without talking to anyone, which makes them think he was killed on Friday. Now... If this is me, normal weekend, right. it's very common that I would not talk to anyone. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not ignoring people's texts, but maybe I didn't get any texts that day. People aren't texting in 1996. So You're correct. It's all landlines. No, he's um, got a portable phone. They had a phone. couple Zach Morris phones. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't find that that weird. I go I for a either. weekend without talking to anybody except maybe the person at Starbucks. I didn't either. And it, uh, from judging from his living room with the stacks and stacks of VHS, stacks on stacks, stacks, on, stacks, stacks on stacks of VHS hey, if tapes. If anyone can tell me, there's there's something that I've been trying to find, which is why I know that phrase. I know it's a song. I know it's like a rap song. Um, but I know it from somebody going stacks on stacks on stacks, chicken racks on racks on racks. And I don't know what it's from. It's like a joke from something. It's a comedian doing it can't remember what it is i googled it i couldn't find anything so if someone can help me i yeah i would be so immensely grateful i'm not the one i can't help you okay also they don't know if maybe he was going fishing 
So it could have been Saturday because he probably wasn't going fishing on Friday night. He they had a fishing pole out and he was wearing water shoes. Keith loves huh. saying water shoes. Yeah. He says it like four times. He and does. I wish they were more important to the story because then he keeps saying it. You know what's it weird? Brings I, joy. I completely forgot about the water shoes until this moment when you said it, but I had written it down because I did think they were gonna be a huge deal. I was like, oh right? water keep, shoes, keep circle it. Them. Arrow to it. Why does he only because he's wearing one and, and the, the other, other one is outside on like the front porch? Mm-hmm. So but why is he only wearing one? Because there was a struggle. The struggle happened between taking taking off a shoe and getting ready to take no, off the other shoe. No, I don't think he shoe? had actually gone fishing. I think he was maybe going to go fishing. So he was I putting think this on points the shoes. to a Saturday murder. I think don't you're you absolutely think this right. To a Saturday Why? murder. We need to come back to this. I'm making a note. We got to come back and talk about this because now this. Seems more important. Very important. And they don't really talk about it in the trial at all. And I think they should have. I think you're 100% he's right. He's not going fishing at, for, on Friday night. No, he's not. And do people go night fishing? Why would yeah, I he? Guess some people go night fishing. No, but why would he have one on and one? No, they might go night fishing if you're on the shore fishing, but he's not standing on the shore. He's not in boots. He's planning on wading into the water wherever he's going. So, right. This is very interesting. And so whatever he was doing, he was either taking off the water shoes or, I think you're right, putting them on. Mm-hmm. This is I a think, very good point. I think we figured out who the killer is. I think we did. Uh, okay. So uh, the funeral is, I just got so excited. I threw my, I, I just did too. I'm we just really, solved it. I'm very excited. Breakthrough. Oh my gosh. I'm, is there like a message board we can go on and talk about it? <laughs> there's more there's people need to Twitter. know. Okay, well, we tweet about this. Shane Bishop, the producer, he was the producer of this episode. And he was on Twitter last night and he follows us and we follow him. Tweet him. him. Yeah, he likes us. I'm going to bring it up. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, Okay. keep going. We got to get. Also, he's from that area and it was really cute because he kept saying that, like, he kept running into people because they say, like, there's a million people in Montana, but everyone knows each other. And, like, he found out that that one investigator guy who comes in, the prosecutor, thinks of his nephew's wife as his other daughter. Like, they didn't realize till way after. It's like a really small community. So. On the day of the funeral in Kansas, where Brian is from, a bunch of people from Montana traveled to the funeral, which I thought was very sweet. I don't know how far apart those states are. Not that far. Not that far, far, but but far enough that you're you're traveling to another. It would be like if you drove up to Sacramento. Oh, that's so it's far enough. Yeah, Yeah, it's seven Mm -hmm. hours. It's a minute. Yeah. So the girl that he was hanging out with, who was also cleaning his house. Well, that was a weird conversation. Can we discuss that a little? I so think... it's unclear if they're dating. They're, it's kind of implied that they're dating, but maybe she thinks they're dating. But why is she going over to clean his house a lot? I got to be honest. I was sort of laughing at the sister who was telling us that story. because She said she always asked him, do you have a girl yet? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a girl in your life? And he said, well, there's this one girl that's she comes over and cleans my house or whatever. I think he was razzing his sister. Oh, so I think maybe it, she doesn't go over and clean his house? I think it's a joke. Was he joking, like, because he has a cleaning lady? No, I think it's just a joke. Like, I have this girl who's now in my life, but, you know, she just comes over and cleans house. I think he's just being dry. I think it's just like... They sh- we needed them to ask her. 
I think they were definitely dating. House? But I think that it was more like, yeah, she comes over, you know, she cleans up the house. And no, that's not what she does when she comes over. She comes over and they do the business. But he's not going to tell his sister that. You, you see what I'm saying? I feel like he's yeah. razzing her. And I don't know why the sister took it so seriously. The sister, when <laughs> this girl shows up at the funeral, okay. this is the cranky sister, is like so pissed. Why is she here? I don't. She I doesn't really belong bad. here. And I was like. Why? Just because you don't know this person doesn't mean she wasn't important to him. And so you have no right to dictate that. And I think family sometimes gets a little um, ornery about like who is important to the person that's their family. But as you grow up and move out, you develop new sets of friends that become family. And sometimes they're as close to you or even more close to you as your actual family. Like I'm close to my family and they know a lot of my friends, but mm-hmm. there would be people showing up at my funeral that my parents would not know. Absolutely. And I there would, would be lots of people that they wouldn't know that they'd be kind. And to those them. people have every right to be there. Absolutely. Because they knew they had a relationship. A funeral is about like a memorial service is to pay respect to the person who's passed because you were in some way, a part of their life or they touched you in your life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? You're Yeah. So I feel like okay, here's here's what I think is happening. I think we have a little bit of information that is being left out here. Is it that she was at the funeral service and then also came to the after? You know how like there's overstayed usu- her welcome. You know how there's usually a dinner and it'll be like mm-hmm. smaller groups, closer family, things mm-hmm. like that, like after the actual like Well, that's kind of what makes me feel like that maybe their relationship wasn't as serious, but she thought it was, or she was trying to get involved in his life a little, maybe cleaning his house. And now she's... I I don't think so. I think that they were honestly dating and she was the last person to date him. So she's going to have the most raw, emotional girlfriend type feelings for him. Her boyfriend just died. Even though it was a short time that they were dating. Right. She thought like... And it sounded like she was completely enamored with him, right? So in her head, she has lost potentially the love of her life, what was going to be the love of her life. So I I just don't understand. Now, there's a whole other reason why she shouldn't be there or that the family might be mad that she would be there. Correct. We don't know if that's it. We don't know, but the family did not know that at that time. The sister did not know that she might be the reason for this all happening. But did she know that? And we're just getting this a little out of order. I don't think so. Assuming the funeral was like within a week, I don't think that the police would have given them that information yet. Okay. Let's let people in on what you're talking about. So her name is Anne. No last name. Heath does not give us a last name until much later in the episode. And so I thought she was, her name is Anne. I thought she was trying to go incognito like that other Anne. Remember we had like a missing Anne? Where was Anne? Oh, yeah. Did we ever find her? I forgot what episode it was. Yeah, I remember missing Anne. But I thought it was like that. But then later on in the episode, they do say her last name casually. And I was like, oh, I thought it was earlier. Because normally you would say it earlier when you introduce the person. But they just, he says Anne. Um, She's 21 years old. Brian was 31, I believe. So a bit mm. older. Um, now she's being interviewed by Keith in a room with a giant boat wheel on the wall. Someone on Twitter said it was like a seafood restaurant. 
Oh, really? I thought it was like a bar. It seemed like that interview. I thought it was at Rusty's because it's the only bar we hear about. And it seems Mm -hmm. probably the only bar in town. Right. Yeah, definitely. Wait, is that the place where he the steaks? It's not. It's a different place. It's a place where somebody goes there later. But the steak place, I thought, was an actual restaurant. It just looks. It said bar on the outside. Oh, I think that they might be multiplexes where it's like bar, laundromat, like dentistry, all of it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, they uh, met at a bar because I didn't even mean for that to be coincident. It happened. So yep. they met at a bar and they talked all night. Oh, they met at Rusty's. They met, they at, met Rusty's. at Rusty's. Okay, talked there all we go. night. But here's the catch. She has a boyfriend, a live-in boyfriend at Live-in. So Brian tells her, you're 21, you're too young to settle down and, you know, have someone tell you what to do all the time. And she agrees. And... So she says, I'm going to break up with my boyfriend. Now, she doesn't do it like that night. But a couple days later, Brian called and left a message on her home answering machine. And her boyfriend heard the message. So he freaks out and confronts her. And she breaks up with him and moves out. She moves back home with her parents. Mm-hmm. Now, the boyfriend's name is Tom. Oh, Tom. So oh, Tom. Tom begs her to come back. He calls her incessantly. Then one day she agrees to go for a ride in his car so they could talk and just don't do that. Ladies never do that. He drives and drives and drives and won't let her out of the car. So he's full on a kidnapper. Yeah. He kidnaps her is what happens. And I feel like we're brushing over that. I feel like the dateline brushes over that. He is a full on kidnapper. Yeah. Um, She tries to jump out of the car into a ditch. She was terrified. And finally, he brings her back, and she's so scared that she goes to stay at Brian's house that night, which is, like, also maybe a bad decision because that's part of why Tom is freaking out. Right. Not that it's her fault that Tom is acting this way. This is on Tom for being crazy. So Tom broke into Brian's house one Mm -hmm. night in the middle of the night and confronts Brian. Now, no one is calling the cops on any of this behavior. I'm sorry. He breaks in and Anne is there, correct? At one one time he does. So So this is the time you're talking about when he confronts him is when Anne is actually over for the evening. Over there. Okay. Now, Brian thinks that Tom is just a stupid kid. He's 23 years old. He's nothing to worry about. Again, he's a kidnapper, a stalker, and a home invader at this point. That How is true. Ryan, why are you ignoring these massive red flags? Right. But his sister said he wasn't worried about anything. Like he wasn't scared of anything. Yeah. So one night Tom breaks into Anne's house and reads her journal. And that was like the last straw for people online. Like kidnapping is okay, but read my diary. You've crossed a line, sir. Unacceptable. Some- but there is something so creepy about it it's that it's so like, oh, you're going to hurt her or you're mm-hmm. gonna like wear her like a skin suit like that's oh, kind of wow. like the precursor do you know what i'm saying there's something uh-huh. about that that's you if if you are considering that as a valid thing to do you need to go to the hospital like you need to go talk oh, to yeah. someone right away because yes. that's not that shouldn't be an instinct that you're having no. that's not good 
And um, she writes in it that I've met the man of my dreams. Oy, it's very fast. I feel like she falls in love really fast. Oh, I feel like in small town in Geraldine, Montana. Yeah. yeah. And a handsome. Also, he's the catch that all the ladies want. From what she said, they'd been together for, what, seven years? Something mm-hmm. like a really, really, seven years and she's 21. That's crazy. Yeah. So she he's just all she's ever known. And mm-hmm. I think he kind of ignores her. Because the one thing that he says is that I, I felt like I took her for granted. And I'm like, yeah, right. you, you did. Because that's the only girlfriend you've had. And you didn't know that a handsome veterinarian was going to sweep into town a la mm-hmm. Ted in Schitt's Creek. And like, Uh you know what I'm saying? And and happened to, of all the women in town, choose your girlfriend. Right. Because he had his pick of the litter, for lack of a better term. He could just, I mean, he's that guy to me. I thought she was pretty. Yeah, but I think he had a lot of girls. But I thought she was very, I thought she had a twinkle. I was like, I get it. Oh, you did? I got it. I did get it with You were alone in that. Okay, well, then I'm happy being alone because I did get it. it. I didn't question it for a second. Uh, so she writes in this diary, I've met the man of my dreams, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. He's probably going to die in a car accident and then Tom will kill himself. Now, she explains to Keith this was like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, this is why I can't have nice things. Like something bad is going to happen. Yeah. But it's like incredibly dark to write that. And then Keith has to go and point out that's basically what happened. Yeah. Keith does not let it lie. No. He like picks it right. But I do understand it. I get that. I understand. She must have had some bad stuff happen to her so that when something really good, she doesn't trust it, which is a bummer because she's young to have that reaction. But like alternative theory. Yeah. She's actually crazy and she killed Brian. I don't see it. She snapped because he didn't want to be with her and she had left her guy for him. Come on. Okay. It's an alternative theory, but it's not a good one. (laughs) Fine. It's a medium one. She tells Brian what Tom had done, broken in and read her diary. And Mm -hmm. Tom or Brian says, well, last night. He came over here saying his car broke down and he needed to use the phone, which is like this area is so remote that the odds that your car would break down anywhere near. And then you drive up this like half a mile driveway like it. But your car broke down. But you just happen to be outside of it. Okay, so to the bunkhouse. By the way, we did talk about that. It's a bunkhouse, which is a double wide trailer, which is like they keep calling it a bunkhouse like that's. I guess that's, that's what he called that we're it. We're supposed to know, but that's what he called it. Um, you, I'm sorry, you don't know what a bunkhouse is? Not really, no. Oh, okay. Well, I keep thinking clubhouse. No, a bunkhouse like is a thing, but I think I think it's like kind of like how you name your car. Oh, okay. Like, let's get in. Let's take Sherry for a drive or whatever. Yeah. Sherry is a terrible name for a car. Don't Sally, name your car Sherry. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know why I went with Sherry. So let's take Karen for a ride. Karen needs to speak to the manager at the gas station. (laughs) So he pretended that his car broke down and he needed to use the phone. But I think he was really just trying to find out if you were staying there that night. So Brian lets him use the phone and then goes to bed. That's Like he's going to just let himself out. Man that has already broken into my house once before and kidnapped my girlfriend. 
just let you can let yourself out when you're done. When the tow truck comes, it's I'm going to sleep. You leave him alone in your house and you go to bed. Man, he's real chill. Too chill. Too chill? Dangerously chill. Dangerous chill. Okay. All and right. that's probably the name of a gum. But. <gasps> and if not, TM. <laughs> right? Date with Dateline. Like a really dangerous, like it's too minty. It almost hurts. It's so Is minty. Is it danger chill or dangerous chill? Danger chill. Okay. What if we call it frostbite colon yeah. a dangerous chill? Yes. There we go. Okay. Yes. Frost. She's writing it down. So Bite. that's insane of Brian. I hate God. to blame the victim, but like these are not normal. This is none of this is normal. And you're normalizing this behavior. Yeah. And this is all dangerous behavior. I think he just missed it. I think he just How totally. Do you miss it? This I think he completely wrote him off. And again, we don't know how serious he was about Anne. So right. he's not even thinking about it. like this girl that I've been that dating, this but he's also guy, crazy guy thinks it's incredibly serious. Of course he does, but, but he's because maybe it's wasn't not serious. it's not serious to him. That mm-hmm. doesn't feel serious either. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I can think. I honestly don't know. We don't have like proof that there were well, okay, we'll get to it. I'm not going to say that yet. Okay. So, he had a rock through his window too. Like no, don't that's was the start of it. Yeah, which is that they really happen- brush over that. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's that would make me nervous. And also, I'm going to say this, because he's a chill guy, I feel like the level of prank calls that have, were being made, like how many there were, there must have been quite a few for him to actually talk about it. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I think you'd just be I think he'd forget about it or write yeah. it off, but mm-hmm. The fact that he brought it up with the sister makes me think that it was like 30 a day. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. So the last call that he had was on Friday night, Brian. He was talking. Oh, so all of this is like going on. This all happened right before the murder. Mm -hmm. So the night of Friday, he gets back from his conference. He talks to Anne on the phone and she says that he Mm -hmm. abruptly hung up. 1040. Yes. Like maybe someone had come in. Or he saw someone, he kind of got off the phone pretty quick. So also we find out that Tom had once told Anne, if you cheat on me, I'll kill him and I'll kill you. Yeah. Well, so that's Anne, not great. No. Anne does the right thing and tells the police, the investigator. Mm-hmm. I wish she had done some of that before. Um, Why? Not, I don't know. A restraining order or something. Oh, well, and the weird thing is because she had talked. That's what they talked about that night, right? was like, maybe I should get a restraining order. They had talked about it, I think, before that, after Mm -hmm. the journaling, too. And the kidnapping. Why do they keep forgetting he kidnapped her? Yeah, that's the big one, right? That's the thing that you're like, oh, no. Why aren't you talking about a restraining order right then? Because even if Tom goes crazy and still kills Brian, like, we'd know more that it was the police would know right away. That's, I always feel like, get it in writing, get the police. I always say, if you're being threatened, tell everyone on the news. Like, go on the news and be like, I'm being threatened. If something happens to me, it will be this person. So then they won't even try it. Is that crazy? No, I think that's a good idea. Are you being threatened? No. But if I was, I would say it on the podcast. Yeah. So that everyone would know and that person would just not, probably not bother trying because they know that they would be the prime suspect. This is I agree. How it I think that's smart. Head. I think it's a smart thing. I, you're being you're being smart. She's not. 
I don't think she ever took it seriously. I think that if it was really scary to her, she would have gotten a restraining order. But she's also 21. I wouldn't know how to go about doing that at 21. Yeah, I would just want it to parents? stop. She's living with her parents when this is happening. Like, Do you feel like old school Montana parents are going to be like, get the police? Country. Yeah, get the police involved or we do this the cowboy way. Which That's is someone on Twitter was like, doesn't she have like big brothers or like cousins or somebody with shotguns that can go to his house and just rough him up and scare him to get him to stop? Well, see, like, now this is I the difference. Like what would happen. But this is the difference the between like Texas and mm-hmm. Montana. Mm-hmm. Texas, yes. Mm-hmm. Montana, maybe not. It's a quiet kind of anger. I don't know. Yeah. It's beautiful, though. God, so, isn't it? They so the police. She tells the investigator. The investigator goes to talk to Tom. Uh, he is polite and helpful. He admits that he was mad about the Brian thing, and he calls Anne a tramp. Can we just say that real men don't call women tramps, and not uh, just because no one's used that phrase since the 1950s, but <laughs> also because it's not nice. Correct. But you know what, real men do. I have a feeling they use Duke Cannon products. I think they might. So, pop quiz. You've been working hard, as usual, and your hands are dry and cracked. They're like a mom's hands, if the mom had been hanging drywall all day. Do you use some perfumed, greasy hand moisturizer, causing you to die a little on the inside? No. No, ma'am. You grab Bloody Knuckles Hand Repair Balm from the Duke Cannon Supply Company, which (laughs) I have sitting in front of me right now. Yes. This balm is made with lanolin to provide the moisturizing relief your hardworking mitts need. There's five ounces of moisturizing goodness in each jar, so it lasts a really long time. Also, oh, I it's, love that. Because you don't have to use a ton, right? You use a teeny tiny bit. Just a little dab will do you on this. It's also mm-hmm. unscented, so you don't have to smell like daffodils or like patchouli or mm-hmm. over-scented lavender um, or unicorn farts, whatever. Mm-hmm. I would say the most important thing about it is it doesn't leave that greasy film on your hands, which drives yeah. me nuts with oh, hand yeah. creams. I hate when you put it on and you literally feel like you can't touch anything for like an hour. Yes, exactly. Also, I think that something like this really comes in handy right now because we're washing our hands a lot. Yeah, they and get really so, dry. And using hand sanitizer also will dry out your hands. It's formulated to repair the hands of workers, fighters, and world champions. Is yes. what it says on the container. Uh, so you can visit DukeCannon.com and use the promo code DATELINE for 10% off your entire order. And you get free shipping with orders over $20. Oh, that's a good gift or something. It really is great. There's also a range of Duke Cannon men's products at your local Target. But I would recommend going online and checking out all of the stuff they've got. And there's free shipping over $20. So just go online. Go ahead and visit DukeCannon.com. Use promo code DATELINE for 10% off your entire order. Free shipping over $20. And give the Bloody Knuckles a try. So check them out, So you as a lady use it. I as a worker, fighter, and world champion and a lady use Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So it's not just for men, but also it makes a hilarious gift. Anything called Bloody Knuckles. I would say if you're looking for a gift for a guy who's hard to shop for, Duke Cannon is definitely the place to look. Yeah. Thank you, Duke Cannon. Thank you. So Tom admits about all the sneaking around that he had done. He even was calling friends to get dirt on Brian so he could convince 
and to break up with. Is she worth it, man? I'm sure she's very nice, but you got to let it go at some point. I don't so, think he can. There's no he, one else. There's it's something seven in his years. Brain. It's a tiny town. What's yeah. he going to do? That's that's it. He, he admits that he had done all those hang-up calls on Brian. He admits that he had broken into her house and read her diary. He admits that it was pathetic and he didn't deserve to live. That was... Boy. So he's troubled. Uh, he admits to all of it, oddly enough, except for the fake car troubles night where he yeah. went into Brian's house and used and was going to use the phone. That's the only one he doesn't admit to. Mm. So then he admits that he had called Brian on Friday night to say, I'm I not going to interfere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love you now. I see why Anne loves you. I'm now in love with you. Don't yeah. leave me, Brian. No, he was going to say, I am going to support you guys as a couple. I'm not going to interfere anymore. Like for weeks, he's been going absolutely insane. And all of a sudden he's going to call and say, you know what, dude, much respect. You deserve her. I'm he not going to interfere. That's what he says he was going to say that night. I missed and that. he really? chickened out when he heard Brian answer the phone and he hung up again. Like all of a Come sudden on, he's man. fine with it. Okay. Then he says he hurt his back on Friday night falling out of a pickup truck and he had to go to the hospital on Saturday for this injury. So the police think he got this injury in the struggle with Brian. Whose truck did he say he fall? Oh, he fell off his new truck. He got a new truck. So he fell off his own truck. Come on, you he got a new truck and he's still fighting for this girl. Embrace the good things in your own life. I feel like I'm talking to Darcy on 90 Day Fiance, but you got a new truck. You could do this, buddy. New no, life. he can't. New year, new you. But he I, can't let it go. Uh, so um, so he was checked out at the hospital on Saturday for this back injury. All the evidence seems to point to Tom. But Tom says to the police, well, check out his house. You won't find any evidence of me there. He's like so confident, which I always think means that you were there and you just think you wiped it up really good or something. Or, you know, if or the you're cops like, wiped it up for you. Yeah, that's true with the towels. Um, but he's like, you won't find any evidence of me in the house. So he is interviewed by Keith in a dark, shadowy mm. room with walls made of concrete bricks, like a like a bomb shelter or like the Count of Monte Cristo would live there. I thought it was like medieval times, like the basement of a medieval times restaurant. Yes, the basement. Yeah, the basement. Where, or the like, fake dungeon where, like, where they the, would send people who were bad. Right. So like the facade, like they just did the entire wall of the building in it. And so it just but it's continued really plastic down if into you hit, the base. If you knock right. on it, it like makes a plasticky noise. So it's like fake cobblestone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he t it's the oddest setting. I think it, they're trying to make it look like a prison, but like a, a torture 1800s chamber. prison slash torture chamber slash there's a guillotine slash... You have to go in and fight a monster right, in there one we go. room. And <laughs> if you win, then you get to stay. Or like so it's like an escape, a dungeon escape room. Escape room. That's, there we go. That's the aesthetic that they're full dungeon escape room realness is where what they're is serving. That? Where are, okay, we don't know where they are. Did, can unclear. we ask the producer? Did they say? Well, they're trying to make it look like he's in prison. The whole time. I thought he was in prison. 
They for want, sure. But we see B-roll of him outside with we the do. sunlight on his face. And I kept trying to figure out how he was outside. And then there's, uh, we'll get to the point where, Sometimes they thought. shoot the first, the outside B-rolls during the trial where they're out on bail. And then they're yeah, in prison. That's what so, I thought. So he tells Keith he had no ill feelings towards Brian. To which. Piss. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. To which uh, Keith says, come on, <laughs> come on, Eileen. Yeah. Which is also Keith's theme song that Aaron came up with on Twitter. Exactly. He fully says, come on. And he says it twice in this episode. Yeah. He is flabbergasted and frustrated. So Tom says he was heartbroken about Anne. Duh. Then we get one of the stupidest reasons for anything I feel like I've ever heard on the show. We've heard of so many stupid things on the show. But this is just one of the top five for me. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure. He thinks his concern with Anne being with Brian is that Brian is a vet. Oh, yeah. And has access to drugs, like animal drugs. And maybe he was giving Anne drugs. And that's why she was tripping out and broke up with him. And Keith is so brilliant here. He says, because why else would she leave you? There must be drugs involved other than, you know, just wanting to make a switch. And it's Tom is like, yeah, that's what I thought. He's completely unaware that Keith is straight up mocking him right to his face. Yeah. And it's amazing. But interestingly enough, something similar happens with someone else. Right. In the story. So I guess I shouldn't be making fun because it kind of actually does happen, just not with Anne. So he says to Keith, it was wrong to stalk Anne and read her diary. But then he quickly says, you know, there's no manual for how long it takes to get over a breakup. Like breaking into someone's house and reading their journal and kidnapping them are totally normal steps in getting over a breakup. You didn't know? No, I you did do. not know. I missed those chapters. It's like anger, denial, kidnapping, yeah. breaking and entering, <laughs> lying about car trouble. I didn't know. But there's no manual for it. No. But if there was, it would include those two steps. Yes. So the murder might have been on Friday night when Tom had no alibi. But it could have happened on Saturday. Now Tom has an alibi for Saturday. So this is the second option. There's this another man, a friend of Brian the Vets, Larry Hagenbush, who has an alibi for Friday, but not for Saturday. Are you confused yet? Is this the first time we're hearing about Larry Hagenbush? No, they mentioned him at the very beginning. He was odd and he had been acting strangely in the weeks before. And someone said he had been talking badly about Brian. Hmm. Okay. So Larry is unstable. His wife was leaving him. He was drinking a lot. And here's the kicker. I believe I've said that twice now, and I don't know why that phrase has just come up into my vocabulary. Because we see a horse. There you go. So he had tried to commit suicide a month before the murder using animal medication he got from Brian. So color me embarrassed. Because it's totally a plausible thing to have happened because it did happen. 
We don't know if he stole this medication from Brian, but I feel like he loved being a vet. He had always wanted to be a vet. And I don't feel like he would risk his career to give his friends like horse tranquilizers or something, especially if this friend is troubled and drinking. I feel like it's more likely that Larry took them. I wish they had told us that. I wish that they had said medication that he swiped from Mm -hmm. Brian, not Mm -hmm. medication that Brian gave him, because that's what they say. And I'm like, why did they say gave him? Yeah. Why would he give or him med- no medication? Sorry, medication he got from Brian. Yeah, they don't so, say sorry, gave. They, they don't say gave. From. So they use a middle line mm-hmm. that leaves a question mark on what was happening here. And there is a, a word that if it was added would change the meaning like that he got from Brian's locked cabinet or something. Then you would know that he stole them. Well, Brian's car. We Brian's know he doesn't lock medical it. Medical bag. Because in the picture of the living room, there are vials. Yeah. So he just leaves it out. Or Larry killed him and he was in the process of taking those vials. That's why they were out. Again, could it maybe the sisters would know more like if he was super paranoid and careful about his medication stashes or if he was willy nilly about it. Unclear. Unclear. Maybe this, who knows though, maybe Larry came in and was crying and begging and saying he had back pain. We don't know. There mm-hmm. could be a whole story that happened there that right. we're not hearing about. And then the maybe- The first time. Right. Like the month before. And then maybe when Brian found out about it, like let him have it and was mm-hmm. like, I am never going to help you out again. I don't know why you gave me this song and dance and then you tried to kill yourself with my pills. I could get like- Dis- I could dis- lose my license. I could I'm lose sure. my license, etc. And so then Larry starts to badmouth him around town because mm. he's worried that, like, he wants to get a jump on the gun in case Brian starts talking bad about him. He's going to be smirch Brian first. That seems like what maybe happened Larry here. has animals. Okay, yeah, or he lied and said uh, my my cat horse needs, is hurt and bad. Very good point. That could have happened too. I don't. There's a story here, though. Yeah, there's something yeah. we're not getting. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course. <laughs> but Larry, yeah, Larry seemed to know the intimate details. Keith says intimate. Yes. Um, he seemed to know things about the crime scene that he shouldn't know, and his story kept changing. So the investigator uh-huh. interviews Larry, and he suggests to Larry, perhaps you went over there and you got into a fight. Maybe you had the gun and you were threatening to kill yourself again. And Brian grabbed for the gun and it went off and shot him in the arm. And that's when this whole fight like ensued. And that's what happened. So Larry says to the cop, yeah, it could it could happen like that, but not with this cowboy. Were you excited? (laughs) I was thrilled. First of all, I love the fact that he says, oh, yeah, I could see that happening. Totally could happen like that. And then he's like. But not with this cowboy. Yeah, absolutely. That could happen. Not with this cowboy. I'm going to start saying that a lot. Okay. But you have to say cowboy. Like at Starbucks. And they'll be like, do you want whipped cream? And I'll be like, not this cowgirl. No, got to use cowboy. Oh, not this cowboy. Yeah. It's perfect. I'm watching my figure. Oh, do it. What's your name? Cowboy? <laughs> C-O-W-B-O-Y or I. Whichever. Yeah, Thanks. like boy, like skater boy. Boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the blonde sister, she goes to the crime scene like a 10, it's I think, believe 10 days after the murder. 
and sees that the police had cleaned up and they had thrown out stuff. But she also realizes that there's a gun case that Brian had, like a holster that he had made Mm. for himself with his name engraved on it, his initials, Mm -hmm. and it's missing. Police did not know that. So they search for it and they find it 84 feet from the house in this like tall grass. Mm -hmm. Very strange. So then their theory becomes that the killer had stolen Brian's gun when they were out of town, when Brian was out of town. And Mm -hmm. they returned that night with the gun to kill him. And they threw the holster in the weeds as they went to the house. I don't know why they don't think he could have thrown the holster away after. Yeah. But they seemed so sure that it's on the way to the house. That he had to have gotten the gun first like a day before. Then return with the gun and throw away the holster. Oh, because you don't want to go into the house holding the holster. So you you pull the gun as you're walking to the house. That makes but what sense. If he, I guess if you and I guess if you're in the fight and you shoot him, you don't have the gun first. You would have taken the gun out of the holster and you'd no, still you. No, you you're walking the holster. up right. You're walking right. You're not gonna. You're gonna have your hand free. You're not just gonna hold the holster and the gun and what walk up like this. What if it's like, like a this. panic thing, like you're shooting someone and your other hand is clenched around this holster? No. Then you leave in a panic and you realize your hand is still holding this holster, but you Why left you- the gun there. Why are you trying so hard to make that theory work that it was I done? I don't know. <laughs> don't you don't die on the sale, Kimberly. It's okay. not that it, it's not, it's good not worth enough. it. No. So um, this is the investigator's theory. Maybe Tom broke into Brian's house mm-hmm. like he had broken into Anne's house and read the diary. And Keith is asking the investigator, why would he take Brian's gun? And, like, go there ahead of time to steal the gun when he can get a gun anywhere. It's Montana. It's Montana. (laughs) And Keith is just loving calling people out on nonsense in this episode. I really was here for it. So (laughs) they just think, well, it's easy. It's easier to go to the house of the person you're going to murder a couple days before while they're out of town and steal the thing that you're going to then come back with. Is that, like, a common thing? To kill them with? You steal the murder weapon ahead of time? Days Hmm. before? I think it's very uncommon, but I think that that, you don't think that is what happened, though? That someone came and took the gun before? It doesn't pass the Kimberly sniff test. Oh, so what do you think? I don't know what the answer is. Oh, okay. It does work if it's Larry, because what if Larry borrowed the gun? But I don't believe after Larry killing himself, trying to kill himself a month before, Brian would ever lend him the gun. Correct. Unless he had lent it to him well before. Oh, but you're right. right. Why would he not? Right, 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 right. Okay. But what if, so to me, it makes sense. The person shows up and there is a struggle with the gun. I'm sorry. And the ballistics. planned thing. The ballistics of the bullet match the bullet that's in. Yes. Okay, just making yes. sure, because I'm like, what if it's another gun? Yeah. No, I feel like the holster, I don't know. Like, maybe the dog took it out in the field, like, with I don't few, think so. like, days before. And so the gun just was unholstered at that time. No, I do think someone took the gun before. You do? I do. It just seems like an extra step that doesn't seem totally necessary. But that, people do that they a lot. They didn't get a clean shot. So if you have the gun ahead of time, the advantage is, well, you can come up on them and just shoot them where there's no struggle. But there was a huge struggle here. So it didn't go according to plan. 
So there was no point of having the gun ahead of time if there was going to be a struggle. That's a good point. It's a good point. But I don't Tom know. is dumb. And yeah. Larry is probably drunk. <laughs> They're so, both dumb and maybe both drunk. We don't know. We don't know. So they, the police really are pushing the Tom angle. They think it's Tom. So now it's time for something hands-on or nose-on, <laughs> he says, Calamity Jane. Oh my gosh, you were, this was your episode. I was so excited by all the animals, especially Calamity Jane, who is like a hound dog. Hound dog. Beautiful animal. They, that sounded weird. I didn't like the way I said that. Uh, (laughs) Beautiful animal. It sounded like you were talking about a gazelle or like a giraffe. Like a a large, like exotic animal. And said, you're like, this hound dog is a beautiful (laughs) animal. It's a beautiful specimen. Like that sounds nasty. So, yeah, yeah, it does. So um, they, the police use this um, sniffing dog. They let the dog sniff Tom's baseball cap. Mm-hmm. And the dog, Tom's baseball cap, Tom the suspect, the dog goes right to where the holster was found. Mm-hmm. Which leads the police to believe that they're right, that Tom was standing there in the weeds, like scoping out the situation. And then mm. that's where he dropped the holster. This is the only real evidence that they have. So a year passes and more. It's like 18 months. The mother of the sisters is going crazy. She calls the investigators all the time. So was Tom. For some reason, Tom keeps calling the police repeatedly asking where they are in the case. That's always a really weird sign. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah. So they bluff Tom and they say, why would we find something of you in Tom's house? Like your DNA or something, and, which they don't have. And right. he and he says, I don't know. And they said, because you told us that you didn't fake your car breaking down and go into his house that night and use the phone. Um, and he's like, well, you know, I did do that. And I, I that's the. But why did he deny that at the very beginning? I think because there's so much right that he's just like, I can't tell him that. That just makes me look thing. so guilty. Deny the kidnapping Deny the diary, deny the throwing the rock, but you admit to the fake the car. He's not going to deny anything that she can tell them something different. If Anne is the person involved in whatever the activity is, he admitted to it. But because Brian is dead, he doesn't. Oh, that's a hearsay item. He's not an idiot. He's actually not. He's not doing the thing that was only hearsay from Anne. The only other person that was there was Brian. And but he's no, dead. he admits to the rock and he admits to the um, hanging up the phone calls. And those were just Brian. Um, They can trace. Uh, sorry, they can trace phone calls. Right. So he'll admit to the phone calls. I don't know why he admitted to the rock. That was lame. I think he admits to the time he broke into the house, though. The first not the car trouble one, but the time he actually broke into Tom's house. Because Brian's she was house. there. Because right. Anne was there. You're right. That's yeah. an interesting theory. Yeah. Um, it's not a good theory, but <laughs> I did what you did to me. <laughs> Touche. Roasted. Touche. <laughs> so he <sighs> says, yeah, I did it that night. I wanted to see if Anne was there. Um, and they said, well, what kind of evidence could you have left that night? And he said, well, I touched the table, so I could have left my fingerprints on the table. And they don't have anything, but they keep going along with him to try to see what he you know, what he could have left, but they don't have anything. Right. Um, but it's not a bad idea. It was sort of smart. It's not a of bad them. idea. Yeah. 
because he had lied and changed his story about that night, they feel like they have enough to arrest him now. Unclear why that was enough, but for Man, some reason. Man, I don't get that at all. It does yeah. not hold water. So they charge him with murder. And Keith says, it was all neat and tidy-like. But of course, that's not the way things happen, is it? Boo! Love. Mm-hmm. So Tom's family, who, including his sisters, they say that he's innocent. So his family all think he's an innocent, great guy. He doesn't have the money to hire a big fancy lawyer. He gets the state-appointed defense, who seems very with it. Bob Peterson. Great guy, Bob Peterson. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you liked him. You you liked him? I rarely like defense attorneys, and I, I got some flack by saying that to somebody. I, can, I rarely like the ones we see on Dateline, because they're Correct. usually the slimy ones. But uh, everyone deserves a defense, and it's especially the public appointed ones don't get paid very mm-hmm. well and they are working no. like so many cases at the same time and it's really it's hard job really honorable so yeah and i thought he did a good job so oh he yeah says to keith i don't think he did it and keith says come on <laughs> can't keith <laughs> this is like the precursor even though it's happened years before to keith not giving a sweet flying f it is <laughs> so The defense attorney says, no, really, I really don't think he did it. There's no evidence. There's that he had done some shady behavior. Absolutely. And then there's this dog, Calamity Jane, Uh who we love. We are not going to blame Calamity Jane for what goes down. Calamity Jane had done her sniffing 10 days after the murder. So we don't know if that's valid evidence because it it took a while. And there were so many police at that crime scene. Right. Wandering around, stomping all over, wiping things up with towels. But that's Plus, not the biggest problem. Tom had admitted he was at the house. So it is not really evidence that his scent was there in the weeds because he admitted he had gone to the house several times. The defense, here's the big problem. <laughs> so the defense <laughs> tries to get it thrown out. So he puts the um, dog trainer guy on the stand and says well um you guys are certified right like the calamity jane is fully certified i'm assuming and the trainer says well um Ah. i put the paperwork on top of my car suburban and it blew away my suburban on my suburban you know these famous montana winds and it just blew away and I can't provide it. And Keith says, it's not quite the dog ate my homework, but close. It's so close. It's not certified. It's just like somebody's friend's dog, Calamity Jane. I got a bloodhound. She's coming out. And then she cut. Ca- oh. Katie, if you're feeling stressed and have anxiety because your stupid excuse and fake certification story might have blown an entire murder investigation. Uh. What can you do to relax and deal with your anxiety? I have an idea of what you can try. Feels. Oh. So do you, our listener, experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're not alone. I'm not a listener, but I have all those things. Many of us, including Kimberly and myself, do. 
Personally, when I have anxiety because one cat just won't stop peeing right outside its litter box, or every single member of my family decides to act up at once, it greatly affects my sleep. And while I feel like I'm a little bit funnier when I am a little sleepy, continued bad sleep is really bad for your health and definitely affects other aspects of my day-to-day life. So I have been looking for anything that would help with that that does not include just taking Tylenol PM every night (laughs) because that's not good for you. Then I heard about feels. What feels is, is it's a premium CBD delivered directly to your door. Feels naturally helps reduce anxiety, stress, pain, and sleeplessness. So I cannot wait to get my feels order because I have heard that CBD can just work wonders Mm -hmm. if you take it right. And speaking of taking it right, feels is really easy to take. All you have to do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you can feel the difference within minutes. But the one thing about CBD is that you need to find your right strength or dose. It's really important Mm -hmm. to sort of get that right, to get the desired effects that you want. So there's two things that Feels does that will help you with that. First of all, they have a sample pack of the different strengths so that you can kind of figure out where you are Mm -hmm. and what you need to be taking. They also have a CBD hotline that you can call and talk to a human that'll help guide you through taking CBD, which is great. Feels is going to have me feeling my best every day. And I think it can help some of you guys too. So become a member of Feels today by going to feels.com slash date dateline and you'll get 50% off. That's amazing. Your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash date dateline. Become a member, get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. So cool. For the people in the back, feels.com <laughs> slash date dateline. <laughs> Check them out, guys. I cannot wait. This is a fantastic company. They're very civically minded. And I think that this is going to be a beautiful thing for my sleeping future. A beautiful feeling relationship. Oh, Feeling good. I just got the feels. <laughs> Thanks, Fields. (laughs) Thank you, Fields. So they asked the dog trainer, well, this was 18 months earlier. Those were your training documents. Where are your current documents? No documents. (sighs) That person is sweating so badly on the stand. Just just pouring. This, all this is riding on you and your dog. And you blew it. Literally, the wind blew it. But you blew it. (laughs) Seriously, poor Poor Calamity Jane. It's not your fault, She deserves a better owner. It's not her fault. So the judge throws out the dog on her little butt. No, (laughs) throws it out of the case. Can't be said to a jury. So the prosecution realized now they really have nothing. So they decide to not prosecute him at that time. But Mm -mm. they still can later. So the investigator won't let it go. But 13 years pass and nothing happens. But it's always on the back burner for him. Meanwhile, Tom is living under a cloud of suspicion. So he decides to move to South Dakota. He gets married. He has kids. Um, I have questions. About which? South Dakota? Who is marrying him? Does she know about the murder charges that were dropped? Does she know that he has been so obsessed with this other woman? That is the love of his life. Mm. But does this wife know about any of this? Is she well-educated? Has she done it? 
she can't do a Google, she could do a Google search. Well, there's it's no restraining now, order. How would she know, like, that he that was there, a suspect? He was charged for a murder, and then the oh, case was dropped. He, oh, he was charged. He was arraigned. Okay, I don't he know how. He was arrested. How is that recorded, though, if you're not actually? Well, in a newspaper article. But if the charges are dropped. It would be in the newspaper article. Is there a newspaper in Geraldine? The Geraldine There's... Gazette? <laughs> I don't know. It's run by the barber. Slash dentist. Slash dentist slash, slash mayor. And yep. slash didn't realtor. we have an episode where the coroner was also the mayor? Yeah, I think we did. did is I crazy or did no, we have No, I'm that? pretty sure we did. So, so I don't know. I just want to know what's up with this girl. Because um, you, he was driven by mad by his love of Anne. I, I think she knows part of it, but she doesn't know all of it. The full story. Correct. I think it's safe to say that she knows a little bit, but maybe not the extent. So, meanwhile, Anne, she moves away because she she goes to visit her sister in Arkansas. She just stays there. She doesn't want to live in Montana because Tom is there and she's still scared of him. She thinks he might kill her, too. But she doesn't know that he has moved away. So she moves on, gets married, has kids. Right. So then a special prosecutor takes the case. He focuses mm. on cold cases. A few more years pass. And Keith says to the investigator. A few um, more years? 13 few, years? No, it's already been 13. Oh, okay. Um, so this is just a few more. So right. Keith says to the prosecutor, isn't there, like, can't you make a case for just letting it go? Like. Just let it go. The freak, let it, the, I wanted him to start singing, let it go. Um, Cause that, what, wouldn't that be amazing? Just him reading the lyrics to let it go. And that the could be all of our. The cold never bothered me anyway. Yeah. yeah be the great. cold never bothered me anyway. My, Aww. my. Or ah! did it. Or, or did, did it. it. It did bother me. <laughs> it did. Um, so I had they... frostbite. Dangerous chill. <laughs> <laughs> so. They work the case and they go and they arrest Tom. They feel like they have enough now to do mm-hmm. it again. Uh, notice how my voice is going up really high. Right, right. Um, so Tom calls that defense attorney and who he had years before. And usually that guy destroys all of his files after 10 years. But for some reason, mm-hmm. he had like this nagging feeling that made him still hold on to that file after all that time. So he brings out that file. He compares the new affidavit to the old affidavit from all those years before. And he's shocked that they're virtually the same. They have no new evidence. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was not expecting him to say that. Sorry, that surprised me Because Dateline says like there's a surprise coming. And the surprise is that it's exactly the same. Wow. And so the defense attorney is mad. But he explains to Keith. That as a defense attorney, he has to hold um, onto his emotions. He has to control his emotions. So this is me controlling my emotions. But I was mad. Yes. Um, he's he's kind of great at this point. Because he like does he's, explain. He wants to like, explode. There's like a twitchy vein going off in his forehead. And it's like oh, yeah. he just wants to. But he controls it. He says right. he's most furious at the investigator. Because he believes that this investigator was so obsessed with this case that he would not let it go and he wanted it to be solved before he retired. 
And Keith says, you're not implying that uh, this, you know, investigator would put put a man through a murder trial because he wanted to close out a case that was bothering him before he retired. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. It's so great. It's the way that he does it. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I guess I am. Yeah. He just I guess doesn't. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So. This do you sis- like him? You like Bob Peterson? Yeah, I, I did do. very much. I do. Okay. I would trust him as my defense attorney. I, and I think it was a smart move, actually, for Tom to go back to mm-hmm. him. Absolutely. Yeah. I like it. So he got him off the first time. The sister, the New York vibe type sister. Teresa is her from name, Kansas. by the way. Yes. Um, but she has real New York vibes to me. She does. She definitely. <laughs> you are not kidding. Yeah. So she says... I don't want to go through trial again. She wants them to just let it go. She's like, I don't do this to us again. I can't do this. Let it the freak go. Yeah. So the prosecutor puts Anne on the stand when the trial starts and she takes stand against Tom. And this is when we finally get Anne's last name, which is Wishman. Who knew? Is that her new last name? Unsure. Great question. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we don't get her original name. We don't get her maiden name. There you go. Why? I don't know. To protect her identity because she caused a man to die. Maybe. Okay. I don't oh, know no. why. That's what, okay. All right. Or maybe it was it's, just maybe an it's editing for her family. Choice. They had it in a one take and then they edited it out and then didn't realize that they weren't saying her last name then at the beginning. So. They always say it unless the person doesn't want it said. So why doesn't she want it said? I think she's because she has so much guilt and such. But what? So what? Now you, your name is out there anyways, your married name. I don't know. I know, don't and know. now there's okay. Google. Like, now it's, like, pointless. So Tom keeps pursuing her after the murder. This is where we learn about this, this letter. This is where we learn about the letters, yeah. So it is the saddest letter I've ever seen. Did you read it? Did you pause it? I read it? it. Oh, okay, 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 okay. He says, it would mean a lot to me if we could keep in touch. I really felt good and happy when I talked to you last time, even though you didn't talk much because I was stalking you and you did not. You just were scared to hang up the phone. I really do miss you a lot. I love you, Anne! Exclamation point. Love, Tom. He really felt happy and good when they talked last. That's not that bad. The part that gets me is that even though you didn't talk much. Because I'm picturing that horrible, awful conversation where she was like flailing like down a police car while she's on the phone with you. And you're like, you were kind of quiet, but I still got good vibes. It's so creepy to me. And because she was so scared of him at that time, did not want to talk to him. And he thought they were having a pretty good conversation. And she was just being kind of quiet. So when did the letters stop? Do we not know? We don't know. I'm assuming after she moved away. Mm, okay. Um, and then I'm I'm praying he didn't keep writing her after he was already married to this poor second lady. Imagine I really finding hope those not. letters. Oh, holy you find crap. those letters in your husband's shoe box. Well, no, like, then it would be his ex-wife because that's yeah. not. So Anne says when she takes the stand, she said he would tell me that he was he dreamed that we got married and had kids, like he was dreaming about her and that they never broke up. And then they put another girlfriend. This is his girlfriend post Anne on the stand. Mm -hmm. Again, why is she his girlfriend? He told her that Anne was the love of his life. 
if you hear that from your boyfriend, I've seen it on reality shows, though. I have seen it. I've seen it in rom-coms, too. We've seen it on girlfriend 90 Day Fiance. You're not my soulmate. We saw it with Ta- and they Tanya stay with or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's that's his problem. Um, but at least you love that because he's being honest. It's a horrible thing, but at least he's being honest with her. But I don't understand why this girlfriend who was pretty. There's what's wrong with her self esteem that she's staying with a man who says that this ex girlfriend is the love of his life. She didn't stay. How do you know she stayed with him? It's true. Maybe they broke up right after. Absolutely, that I bet she did. I, I bet that's why they broke up. She also says that he said to her, "I wished the vet was dead so that we could be together." Well, that's not great. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother problem. Well, then now we're in a different. That's a different thing. <laughs> that I have trouble defending. Yeah, that so. one's a little rough. <laughs> Um, I wish he was dead. Okay, well. (laughs) So, and this is after he was already dead. So it's like he was wishing it and it had already happened as well. So he had wished for something. Oh, it is. Yes, Dateline points that out. This was because he wasn't dating anybody new when he killed, maybe killed Brian. It was, he was still all in Anne's business. So this is well after that. But he said, this girlfriend was the love of my life. She started dating this veterinarian, and I wish that he was dead so that I could get back together with Anne. Oh, by the way, he did die. He was murdered. But don't you feel like that makes me. him look less um, less guilty that he said, that he actually says that? Like, I wish that he was dead. At least he was honest about it. No? Okay. I, don't I think know what you're saying. Say like when anything. people are interviewed by the police and they're like, I hated them so much, but I didn't want them dead. And I'm right. always like, well, they are being honest. It's right. better than them saying, no, we got along great. And then everyone comes in and says, no, they hated each other. Right. Um, but still, no, I just think some things you don't have to say everything out loud, Tom. Okay. Some Maybe Tom should get a journal and write down some of his feelings. You don't have to say everything out loud? <laughs> I'll learn that lesson one day. So they think that he broke in and stole the gun. And on Friday night, he placed a hang-up call to see if Tom was home. And he also called Anne that night to make sure she was at her parents' house and wasn't at the house that night. And then, That was a big deal to me. Yeah. He, well, but I don't think it's that weird because he was calling them regularly all the time. So it could have been for that reason. It could have been for another reason. Are those the only calls he made that night? We don't know. I don't know. But who else is he calling? These were the only two people he was focused on right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like he quit his job so he could stalk Anne. Like, that's how all-consuming this was. Yeah. So he goes to the house, drives on his ATV that this old neighbor remembers seeing, Mm. um, which is... Kind of funny, like, I ho- I think they got him to say that right after. And everyone is always like, well, how could they remember something after 19 years or whatever? But you remember it because you were interviewed about it the next day, and then you told the police that. Right. You know, that's right. why you remember it 19 years later. Right. Um, so, but this man is also older, and he gets the color right. He says it kind of. He says it was green ATV, and this is black ATV, but with a big green label on the side so i feel like that seems close yeah that's that's close 
So they think he goes to the house through the holster in the grass. Brian abruptly gets off the phone because he heard Tom coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the prosecutor says, I think it was a struggle. And at this point, he pantomimes a struggle like this, which is not going to translate on the podcast. No, but, but like, it's a, like, like you're swimming a, doggy paddle. Yeah. yeah, or like a kitten trying to get at a ball of yarn. Oh, yeah, that's a good, yeah, like, like this, that. you know, like yeah. batting at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he shoots Tom and the, they have a struggle, hurts his back. Next day, he goes to the hospital. The defense, it's their turn. They say that Brian was a total womanizer and had a bunch of side chicks going on. So mm. it could have been any ex-boyfriend that he had stolen their girl from. And the, Do we have any other proof of that? Well, he had dated some girls in the town, but there was, I don't think, proof that he was dating any currently. Okay. All right. The defense actually does a really good job when she's talking to the jury because she says, you are going to want to solve this case. Human beings' instinct is to have resolution to problems. So you're going to want to make things make sense in your head and solve this case. But this case cannot be solved. Love that. And that's it's like so, so powerful. Yeah, it, it really is, is. So powerful because she's it's she's so right. That's exactly what we do because we yep. it's cognitive dissonance and we want to make things make sense in our brain. And so right. we want it, him to be guilty so we can sleep at night or we right. want to know for sure one way or the other. And yep. She's like, I, you just have to come to terms with the fact that this case will not be solved. It's so, it's, it's such inc- a smart it's thing. Yeah. So powerful. So there's no fingerprints from Tom on any evidence. There's no hair. There's nothing inside the house. But they didn't really look that much. So they put all the invent, the original oh, first God. responders on the stand. And it's like, you did not take any blood samples. And the guy's like, not that day. And then he's like, you did not take any fingerprints. And he's like, not, not that, that day. day. <laughs> it's like over well, what and over. day did you? The, the next day. Not I, till the state, the big, big time investigator got there. It had been left alone for a full day, the, the crime scene. It's just a very, I know. Up. But I mean, it's just a very defensive answer. Of course. Like he doesn't want to say no. And then I love the little deputy that gets up after him and is like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have thrown that away. He's like super he like that he made a mistake. I love totally. him. I was like, He's he like should be me. the sheriff. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, don't beat yourself up. You're buddy. all it's right, okay. buddy. Yeah. Uh, so they put on, yeah, all the cops who messed up the crime scene and basically publicly shamed them. It's pretty funny. So yeah. they say, why do we think it was Friday night? The autopsy never proved it. They think it's Friday night basically because it points to Tom and they wanted it to be Tom. That's yeah. what they think. Now, Here's a big thing. There's another doggy. Doggy number two. Two for doggies. Yep. And we are just hearing about this now. Somebody on Twitter was like, Dateline, where, where, you were just hearing about it. It's, it's nine. <laughs> it's 1035. We're just hearing that he had a dog. And we have seen <laughs> pictures. So Cody is the dog's name. Brian's dog. Mm-hmm. Cody would have been left alone if he was killed on Friday night from Friday night to Sunday morning when the body was found, and there's no evidence that he went to the bathroom in the house. So that's, this is huge, right? Now, could the initial responders have cleaned it up? 
I feel like I hope they would have written that down somewhere. Would they remember cleaning it up? Would they remember the dog was freaking out when they got there? Because the dog would be freaking out. And probably had pooped in several places. Oh, yeah. I would think the house would be destroyed. Yeah. I would also think that the body might be disturbed. Not that he was like, but you know what I'm saying? The dog would have like nudged him. Like licking him or something. Sure. But again, they didn't really do much investigating at the beginning. So, But I, I felt like that was huge. It's really big. It's really big. But the sisters think that Cody would have found a way in outside. And back in. Now, if you look at this, what's it called? A bunkhouse? It's Double kind of wide made trailer. Of, do you feel like it's plausible that there was like a gap between two parts where the dog could have gotten out or something? Yeah, and I think the dog would have stayed out. I think under no circumstances would the dog be back inside. It, after the, what had if, happened. If dog goes out, dog would stay out. Dog would not shimmy his way back in. For what? There's no food in there. He can't find the food. I think that he may have it would be more likely that he would have found the dog food in the cupboard or whatever and ripped it to shreds. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing, is there's no dog stuff. What kind of dog is it? I don't know. It's a medium-sized dog? Right. So I feel like any kind of dog would find food, right? Mm -hmm. They would tear it apart after 24 hours? Yeah. Come on. There's no way. Even more. It's like 36 hours. Oh, see, I feel like it would just be in shambles. The place would be in shambles. Yeah, I mean, if I, I mean, some dogs are better than others, and I've heard of dogs having to hold it for a really, really long time, but because they're so paranoid about going inside if they're extremely well trained, but usually they have to and they can't help themselves. Right. So, and I hadn't really thought about the food thing that they would just be ravenous and would destroy things. Yeah. I guess it depends on the age of the dog too, and okay. the where the food was kept. Like how high up it was, if it was on counters and things like that. If there was people food around. So what do you think? I think it's pretty, I think it points much more to that it was, he was killed on Saturday. Me too. I think the dog is a huge thing. It's a big deal. Here's the next part. The locals say that they talked to Brian at a bar where he ate dinner on Friday night at 7 p.m. So we see this man who takes the stand. He takes it via video because he's an older gentleman and he's Aww. not, he can't travel. Right. But Keith says he takes the stand via video and he delivers the haymaker. Yes, the haymaker. Never heard of it. Had to Google it. Love it. What is it? It's a boxing term. Ooh. And it is derived from the way a farmer would toss a bale of hay. So it's like a swing. It's like a, Oh, it's like a big swing. You're like, yeah, Whoa, flinging. Yeah. It. OK. Keith says it more like a it's a knockout punch because yeah. it was like the thing that did it. Mm-hmm. So he takes the stand, says, well, we we saw him eating Friday night. He had a big steak or he says something fancy. He says he a, said cla- a Montana size steak or Montana Mont- steak, like <laughs> yeah. something about he seemed more interested in finishing his. Montana, delicious Montana steak than talking to me. He clearly works for Beef Corp or used to. <laughs> Definitely is on the payroll. But um, mm-hmm. but I, it's pretty, he seems genuine to me, believable. Like, the now, he would remember this that. this is the case, which is like the um, old man with the ATV, 
when did he find this information? Like, when did he give this information to the police or the prosecutor or the defense? Was it 20 years later that he remembers seeing Brian and it was the night before he was murdered? Or was it right after the murder and he did remember because he knew it was Friday night because something happens at that bar, like a certain group plays or, you know, it's like they have a drink special or something like and was it fresh in his mind that he remembered that it was Friday night? Because the kicker is um, he doesn't have steak in his stomach when they do the autopsy. So if he was killed on Friday night, just hours after he had the steak, there would be steak in his stomach. Instead, he has scrambled eggs and peppers, like omelet stuff in his stomach. Mm -hmm. So it seems more like Saturday breakfast. He was killed on Saturday. However, again, Mm -hmm. the sisters (laughs) say that he often would stay up late and make himself eggs, which is very specific and an odd thing to do. And it seems true because why else would you know that about someone unless that was like an a habit they often had he made like second dinner no i think eggs at night like later at night is a common thing i think a lot of people do that i do that i've known a lot of people that do that it's like a meal you can make yourself that's quick and easy later at night if you feel like you're going to be up for a little while longer so do you think he had the steak and then had the eggs or he never had the steak or do you think are the sisters saying he never had the steak he only had the eggs. You see, that's the weird There's thing. There's not both in his stomach. Right. There's no steak. That's what the weird thing is, is that they're kind of ignoring that fact. The sisters are just incorrect because they're like, well, it doesn't matter. He had eggs. It's not like the steak went out when the eggs came in. They like. No, they're the both would still be in out. there right. if you had would meals have close both together. If he had had the eggs that night. So they're missing the fact that because the steak isn't there, if he had steak and died on Friday night, regardless of if he also had eggs at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. at night, they would be there. Mm-hmm. Steak would be there. Some remnant of steak. Yeah. So. Also, eggs is not the thing you eat the night you had a steak dinner. It's usually when you had a lighter dinner, then you'd have That's like, what I would think. It's eggs. a lot of protein. If you already had a big protein dinner. Right. Unless you're on an all protein type. You're building muscle. You're, I don't think you're he's, doing I don't CrossFit. Think he's doing that. <laughs> he wasn't a CrossFitter. It was in the 90s. Right. There was no CrossFit. Right. So remember when there was no CrossFit? Simpler time. So um, remember Larry Hag- Hagenbush? I do. Tell me Keith, what happened. Keith, Keith asked us if we remember him. <laughs> so this is their defense's theory. He went to Brian that day and wanted more pills. Brian says, absolutely not. You tried to kill yourself a month ago with my pills. Right. I could lose my license. Then Larry is fed up and he grabs for the gun and he tries to shoot himself Mm -hmm. or tries to shoot Brian or tries to hold him up for the pills. Something I'm just adding this as an alternative theory. Okay. Um, But they fight over the gun. Yes. And so they put Larry on the stand. Now, here's Larry's problem. Okay. The day after Brian was found dead, Larry is in a marriage counselor's office. It's marriage in the counselor? waiting room. Okay, I, I missed that. It, they didn't say it in the episode. They said it on Twitter. Interesting. He started describing things that you wouldn't know unless you were at the crime scene. Brian was on his back and his feet were crossed at the ankle. There was blood everywhere. Um, Brian was shot with his own gun. 
Here's the kicker. Third time I've said that. Yep. The cops didn't know at that point that that was Brian's gun. Are you afraid to go see a therapist in person because you might reveal things in the waiting room that implicate you in a murder? <laughs> then BetterHelp is the answer. BetterHelp offers therapy with a licensed professional therapist in the privacy of your own home. So you could admit all your darkest fears and anxieties or the layout of a crime scene that you definitely weren't at. It's a way to connect in a safe and private <laughs> online environment, and it's so convenient. It has in the past taken me weeks or even months to find a therapist that's taking new clients, that has appointments available. It's like a long process. But BetterHelp, you can start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. Wow. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can also send a message to your counselor at any time because sometimes you feel fine one second and then all of a sudden you see a photo of how big a murder hornet is and you're on the floor crying in the fetal position because your fear of bugs that you thought you would conquer it has resurfaced with a vengeance, hypothetically. You can message your counselor right there from the fetal position. BetterHelp is available worldwide. They have counselors that are specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, stress, relationships, trauma, sleeping problems, grief. It is easy. It's totally confidential. It's affordable. There's no reason to wait and not get help now. We want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash dateline. Because we can all use some better help. Help. Oh. Help. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp. Check them out, guys. So Larry allegedly also said in the waiting room that he was supposed to go out and have a six-pack of beer with Brian. And he said that he was killed on Saturday night. Okay. So. Again, something the police did not know and still don't know. Right. But now, as he's on the stand, he doesn't conveniently remember saying any of this of course not but they put the lady on the stand who works at the therapist's office and she's like yep that's what he said and when they interview larry he's like well she said i said it so i guess i said it i just don't remember saying it which is again oh, the thing which he did before which was the yeah i could see it happening that way but not with this cowboy it's like if you're trying to deny something, say, no, I absolutely didn't say that. Instead, it's like, well, she seemed very believable. So I believe so that I, I did. did. Yeah. She made she convinced me. She convinced me that I did say it. So and also he has no alibi on Saturday. Yeah. So no one's been with him for like from Saturday morning to Sunday morning, right? Yes. Or no, no, he went to the counselor's office. When was it? Monday. Monday. Okay. So during his testimony, a couple people pointed this out on Twitter. Not sure if you saw it. One of the jurors is so comfortable, so relaxed in these horrible chairs that I will get to in B-roll that she takes her shoes off. So you see in the bottom of the screen, her bare feet are propped up on this thing in front of her. The what? barrier. Yes. Bare feet juror. That is not on our bingo cards because I've never seen it before. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, here's another weird thing that they just brush over. 
the underwear that Brian was wearing had DNA on it that was undefined. So that's huge. Unidentified. That's huge. We'd never find out anything. That means it wasn't Anne's because they tested Anne. Right. So it's I feel like that's he was such a big deal. With, it's such right? a big deal. It's like that and the dog were the two things that I was like, okay, y'all. Did, I mean, why aren't why are we still looking at Tom? Like th- what's going on here? This is these are huge pieces of evidence. Devil's advocate. I believe in the John Benet Ramsey case, there was a lot of DNA on her underwear, and they proved that girls' underwear, like out of the package, would yeah, have multiple DNAs on it. I know. I know. Um, I remember that. So if this was new underwear that he was wearing, um, but, but let's I feel say like it wasn't. More likely, he hooked up with someone at this conference. Oh yeah, um, that's a great. That's a great point. He was at a conference. I forgot. Are these veterinary conferences just big old swinger retreats? So Probably. the defense says, well, there could be another ex-boyfriend, which I feel like you're jumping to a odd conclusion because the odds are that there's another crazy stalker, murderous guy right. who you slept with their girlfriend. Right. That seems unlikely that there would be two of those kind of guys. It seems more likely that I don't know the girl did it. But I feel like that's a huge, interesting thing. Like, or could be totally innocent. I don't know. He was working out at the in a steam room. It's a, a huge deal. It's a. But it <laughs> seems odd. It seems significant, and it seems very strange that they. It's a three hundred person town. Test some more folks. Figure mm-hmm. out what happened here. Interview some people from the conference. I want to. That's like, what I want. I want one hundred percent to interview lots of people at the conference. Why aren't we getting some more legwork on this? I don't get mm-hmm. it. I do, what am I missing? If, no, I just think this investigator really thought it was Tom. And even though he had thirteen years to sit on this case, I don't know. And then they said three more years, so maybe sixteen years, whatever it was. He just wasn't, he was working other cases, but I think he wasn't going to all these other things because he thought it was Tom. So he was pursuing Tom. I thought this cold case guy was going to come in and like do all this extra legwork. And instead he just, he didn't. He presents the exact same thing that they had at the beginning. So the judge makes a decision Mm -hmm. and they find him not guilty. The judge makes a decision. Say the, the jury. jury makes a decision. You said the judge makes judge? a decision. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. The judge wants to be on TV so badly. And oh, yeah. He's interjecting himself that I think that was a Freudian slip ah. because they cut to him during the trial and he's like biting his lips, like wiping his mouth. Like he wants to get, he wants to say something. And then he sits down with Keith, which I've never seen a judge sit down with Keith before. He is handsome. He's Maybe good he looking. thinks he's going to be discovered. He has um, practiced his sound bites, though. He, like, knows exactly what he's going to say. Yes, Um, ma'am. He says the jury wants DNA because they watch CSI and all these breakthroughs. They think it should be something big, and it's not. Um, And so, okay, so they cut off, they release him. They cut off his GPS monitor because Tom's been free this whole time because his lawyer, the defense attorney, is so good, he got him released. But with That the was GPS incredible. Monitor. I thought that Amazing was so good. That he's not being held in jail. So, so they good. release him. He's crying out of happiness. Brian's sister is crying out of sadness, the blonde. Cut to New York, even though she lives in Kansas, brunette. Teresa. Who says... 
Keith says, what did you think? And she says, I thought it turned out exactly the way I thought it would. Like, why did you waste our time? She's so mad. She's like, this is what I thought would happen. Why did we even do this? She's so waste of time. So mad. That was shocking. Honestly, she did not want that second trial. She wanted everyone to let it the freak go. Yeah. She's like, this is exactly what I didn't want. Because I think she watched her mother suffer so much. And you're Mm -hmm. like, let's put her back through it again. And this time he goes free. Yeah. No. Now he can't be retried. Yeah. So um, Anne still feels guilty. Oh, And uh, Keith says, stop it. It's not your fault. No, it's not. This is why I'm frustrated. Because if it's not Tom... It's not her fault at all. And that's why I'm mad at her. Because she says, I just but wish But if it he- was Tom, do you think it's a little bit her fault? Well, yeah, because he never would have met. But it's not her fault for feeling that way towards him. The because- only thing I think is if she had said to the police sooner or gotten a restraining order that could have deterred him from doing something. I think that this was so fresh and new that that probably would have eventually happened. But if Tom did it, he killed him real fast. It was like... It was in a few weeks, yeah. It was within a few weeks, right? That this but escalated. It was a couple weeks after the kidnapping. Yeah, that's true. Is but it, it was also a possible time. that she right. embellished that out a little bit more and it wasn't as scary as it sounds oh. to you and me? Oh, but, but she, she was, says she was no, terrified. No, she says she was contemplating jumping out I of was, the car. So, I was yeah. going to drop, stop, drop, and roll into a ditch. I was terrified. Right. Yeah, you are right. So I don't know. But here's the thing. They're pretty much, It's if it's not Tom, if a jury finds Tom not guilty, instead of going with the assumption that, oh my God, he didn't do it. She had the opposite reaction that I thought she was going to have, which is I feel some relief that like a jury found him not guilty, which means it's not my fault that he died because this other guy killed him for some other reason. But um, she still thinks the jury got it wrong and she did do it. She feels even more guilty. And I'm like, no, this is the opposite of what you should be feeling right now. Right. Like she feels less. She says, I don't get the relief of the lessening of the guilt because he's not sitting in but jail. But you're not going to feel less guilty if he's guilty. If he they say guilty, that's still going to make you feel bad. Because but that at least means he's he, being punished for it and there's some, But she doesn't you know, say that. Closure. That's not what she says. She never says closure. She never says anything like that. I understand that that's probably what she meant. But logically, linearly, like, mm-hmm. lin- do you know what I'm saying? If yeah. he's not guilty, that means you're off the hook, girl. It's not your fault. Larry killed him. You don't know Larry. People on Twitter were pretty harsh on him. Really? Why? Anne is making it about herself. Anne is not all that. That's what they said? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think? I did not get that. I mean, it's hard to tell. I don't know what I'd be like in that situation. I'd probably be crying and feel like it was all my fault, too. I don't think she's doing it for attention necessarily, but that's kind of the vibe people got on Twitter. That she was kind of making it all about herself for attention. I think the only thing that got me was that end part. Because I was, like, really hopeful that it's like, hey, guess what? It's not your fault. Because right. I'm thinking, right. like... It, a silver lining. You finally got it. If you could that, be free. If that was you, and you had that reaction after this had happened, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, my gosh. It's not your fault at all. He didn't do it. They but found him I not guilty. I don't always necessarily agree with the jury. But in this yeah, that's case... True. I do, be- I not because it. I don't think it wasn't Tom, 
but because I don't think there was enough evidence. I 100% I don't agree. It was. I don't know if it was Tom or Larry, but there was not enough evidence. I don't know who it was either. I And there was fully too much agree. reasonable doubt. Way so, too much. The dog? The steak? The steak? The oh, we didn't talk about the, the water shoes. So, like, was and, he going fishing in the middle of the night? Was he going fishing on Saturday? More likely. Maybe Larry was coming over and they were going to go fishing together. And was he taking his gun, which was in a holster? Was he taking his gun? And that's when Larry reached over and grabs the gun. And somehow mm-hmm. the holster came loose and he threw it. Out. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Was it a situation? Was he? Did he always wear it when he went out to the woods? Just in case there was a, I don't know, maybe he shoots bear. little animals or whatever. Yeah. You think? Not a bear. A rabbit. I don't know. What do people shoot? Um, no, I think that's... Must but, then you, but you thought that someone came in earlier, like a day earlier, and took the gun. Yes, because I couldn't figure out how the gun got the out there. That made sense there. to me that someone had taken it earlier. But now, I forgot about the water shoes again. I hashtag remember the water shoes. Um, hashtag watershed water shoes. So watershed <laughs> water shoes moment. Bigger, hashtag bigger than Watergate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say a congratulations to Savannah who graduated from college with a degree in nursing. <gasps> we need congratulations. all the nurses right now. It's amazing. Unsung hero. And Unbelievable. It's really proud of you. She's a Patreon. We're proud of you too. We're proud of you too. So Okay, so B-roll Bonanza. The picture of Ryan in between his two sisters, and they have it's like the quintessential 80s photo, right? Like, it couldn't be more. Mm-hmm. Unless he had a mullet, which I didn't mm-hmm. see he had a He didn't have a mullet. But they had this huge fluffy blonde and fluffy brunette hair. It was kind of amazing. The brunette has it very big still. Mm-hmm. So there's a picture of Brian with the cake. And the cake has a roping cowboy, like little figurines. Roping mm-hmm, cowboy mm-hmm. and a miniature Coors light can on the cake as part no. of the decoration. No, that was in the background. That was no, on I the don't side. Think so. Yeah, I, no. I honestly think it was on the cake. I rewound it. N- no, maybe he sat it on the cake. No, it was a crumpled Coors can that was next to the cake. And my depth perception is totally off. I'm not sure, but this was also, he was old. He wasn't young in that picture. He looked like 23. Oh, yeah. And he's standing under a giant Coors Light hanging light that would go like above a bar. Yes, a a billiards table. table. Yeah, Yeah. I love those lights. Those are so cool. They're hard to find. Um, They show a deer walking and Keith Mm -hmm. says, and it turned out to be quite a surprise. And as he says this, (gasps) the the B-roll of the deer goes, what? What's up? Oh, that's beautiful it was they incorporated the nature footage that's it, dateline magic is what that the is deer that's was gorgeous. reacting to the dateline twist so I love good. it so perfect um there were house horses and cows and i put i have those on the b-roll cards on the big cards. we get to see the blonde sister walking a horse a really mm-hmm. pretty horse and i mm-hmm. wonder she's walking it like into a stable i'm wondering if she works with horses Oh, no? Maybe. No, I think they just have a farm. Um, they did 4-H when they were younger. All they of sure did. And FF, uh, FFA. What's that? F- Future, Future Farmers, Farmers of, of America. America. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one scene where the prosecutor walks into a courtroom with bright pink fuchsia seats. 
Where is that? Where is that? Can I live there? That was crazy. I saw that too. Was um, they, did they get a special deal on that kind of fabric? Because it was the oh. last in stock. It's just not very courtroom somber. No, it's definitely solemn. not. It says Carnival. Yeah. And it's supposed <laughs> to say coroner. And so it's, yeah, it's confusing. Um, it says Ricky Martin backup singer. Yes, it does. Um, the bunkhouse. Did you see the float tube? Is does he? So he goes floating. Does he do a flotella? This is a river runs through it, right? This is Montana. So there's rivers. And so he had a float so he, tube box on his couch. So he had just gotten one. So maybe he and Anne were planning a float flotilla. Flotilla. The uncomfortable wooden chairs that the jurors had to sit through. And that's yeah. why that juror took her shoe off. Her two shoes. I did her not two see water that. shoes. She had two water shoes. She Did she off. have water shoes? No, I, that oh, would be amazing. <laughs> but the judge and the lawyers got really cushy desk seats. And I know they do that to make the jurors oh. uncomfortable so they stay awake, so they don't fall asleep. Yeah. But it's cruel. It's not nice. <laughs> it is not nice. Uh, any more B-roll? Uh, no. And looking out over the water. We did get that. Um, a quote from Keith. Mm-hmm. The file stared down from its shelf like an accusation. Ooh, there we go. Good. I feel like I had a, a quote. Hold on a second. Um, no, but I did like that his veterinary, uh, his practice was called Prairie's Edge Vet Hospital. Yeah. I thought that was mm-hmm. cute. Okay, sorry. Precious moments when yep. I realized that since the murder happened in the 90s, Calamity Jane is most likely definitely no longer with us. Very sad. Probably not Cody either. His dog. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. I wasn't as attached to Cody because Cody came as quite a surprise. Cody was a Dateline twist. So I was, and I never saw video, just a photo. But Calamity Jane stole all of our hearts and was betrayed by her owner. <laughs> and the Montana wins. Oh, the elements, the elements got to them. I guess so. By the way, I did have a precious moment. Um, the blonde sister, after he's found not guilty... She cries. Dateline shows her grief a little bit. They show her crying. And it was like, I kind of couldn't do it. It was, it's like almost too much because she can't get her words out. And I'm like, cut the tape, cut the tape. And Keith has to interrupt and say, it's almost like you lost him all over again. Right. He's trying to help her. And it's like, oh, it's so much sadder. Yeah, it was, that was a rough one for, it was just a little too long. She's hurting. I don't, it's hard to watch. It's hard a lot of the times, but sometimes it's just a little too long. And then right. you're, it's like an intrusion. Um, Can we talk fashion police really quickly? Because there's oh. one thing. What? That stole the show. What? Did you not see it? Who? Keith. Oh, the corduroy blazer? It. I thought it was, no, it was velvet, I thought. I couldn't tell. It's either very fine whale. Because fine whale corduroy looks like, that's, sorry, that's the width of the lines. Okay. A thin whale would look um, like velvet. Oh. People on Twitter thought velvet, but it... It might be velvet. It's either one or the other. Either one. It was like maroon color. Uh-huh. It was like a chocolatey maroon. Yes. It was like, at first neat. I thought it was brown, and then in another scene I thought it was maroon. Mm-hmm. It was, it was I've never snazzy. seen him in that fabric before. I like it. I thought I'm here. I oh, it. I loved it. Okay. It gave me Hugh Hefner smoking jacket vibes. But here's why I think it's corduroy, because it's Montana. 
And he's so smart about dressing for the mm-hmm. place that he's in that I'm mm-hmm. like, a corduroy sport coat would be perfect for Montana. Mm-hmm. It's respectful, but it's like prairie. And it's much more casual than velvet. Like velvet's yeah. a little too fancy for him. Velvet's like if you're in doing a Las Vegas episode or like right. even like a Miami episode. But maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll reach out to him. I don't know if he'll remember. It was a long time ago. I don't usually reach out to him on Twitter. I get too embarrassed. I feel like he'd remember. Was that? Jacket? But I feel like you if you said it. if you said solve a mystery for us, help us with a date, and then yeah. posted a picture and be like, do you remember if this was corduroy or velour or velvet? And mm-hmm. he might. Yeah, I bet he'd think that was delightful. Like that Maybe. seems like something that he'd think was like. But do I want to waste that on this mystery? I see what you're saying. <laughs> This is a you good see what point. I'm saying? Like I see exactly what you're saying. I, want, you get I like totally think it would work if we're charming and he would do it, but I don't want to do that too much. And I don't know if we might not need this sometime in the future. But what if we that could lead into, hope you're doing well in quarantine. We'd love to have a chat with you. Wink, wink. Could you do, maybe that could lead into it. It's a, like a nice segue. Like it's a okay. good, like. Here's something silly. We'll have a silly chat with you. Would you like to talk to us for 10 minutes? You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Okay. See, it's not a terrible idea. It's a medium idea. Moderately okay idea. Uh, Where are titles? Or unless you have other fashion. I don't have any. Okay. I did think staking it to the streets. Oh, that's good. But there's nothing really about streets. I just wanted to do a staking thing. I didn't even do steak. That's good. Well, and one of mine, some of mine don't even work because we didn't talk about the initials on the gun holster were B-A-R. Yeah, bar. That's why I love bar so much. Those were his initials. Exactly. And I said. It's like Blanche Devereaux. You know her initials on Golden Girls. B-E-D. Her initials were bed. They do that on purpose. That's funny. Yes, they did. That's cute. I like Mm -hmm. that. I didn't know that. Staking it to the streets. Okay. I have setting a high bar. A good defense, bar none. I don't know. Um, you really do- focused on the bar. Oh, no, I didn't. From bunkhouse to big house. Okay. Uh, the Except dog- no one was really in the big house because he got a GPS tracker. Correct. <laughs> Thanks for blowing Sorry. that for me. It's totally true. The doggone truth. A tomcat okay. in the doghouse. Oh, because he was a runaround. Kind of, uh-huh. yeah. And then my... My coup de gras, as Dennis would say. <laughs> Somebody's lying about Brian Ryan's dying timing. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Or the or br- the timing of Brian Ryan's dying. Mm-hmm. Somebody's lying about ti- the timing of Brian Ryan's dying. And the sisters are crying. Yeah, I tried to get crying in there. And I'm I crying. Figure it out. And I'm crying. That was fun. Yeah, good job. That was it. Um, what do you have for Twitter? I would like to hear the top tweets if you have them. Top tweets. <laughs> Megan uh, Gak, Gak says, uh, Brian is going to be pissed when Dateline viewers keep pop. Oh, I miss. I'm sorry. This won't make sense. I skipped the part that the judge says at the very end, which is he says, what I will tell you, Keith, is he doesn't say Keith. but um, He seems like the type that would call Keith Keith. Yeah. Um, he, but not in like an ill-fitting way. I think he just thinks he's very charming. He reminds me of a pastor of like one of those big mega churches. So music director, okay, music yeah. director of a mega church, absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. So um, I'm glad you're with me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says 
what I said to the jury is if they believe there's somewhere that you go after you die, when you get there, find Brian and ask him who killed him, because that's the only way we're going to know who did it. And I was like, mind exploded. Never heard such a thing come from a judge. What that's are you talking also not about? True. There's why can't. Like, we maybe could still find the truth. I don't, I need to find out. We maybe could look into Larry and see if indeed we could he investigate did it. Larry. We can investigate the people at the conference. There's other steps that could be taken. A lot of other steps that could, he is just weird. Brian, Larry can still be prosecuted. Yeah. Tom just can't be prosecuted. Right. Um, so. Megan says, Brian is going to be pissed when Dateline viewers keep popping up in heaven wanting to know the details because this judge told us to. Can you imagine how annoying that would be in heaven? Yeah. And you have to keep, God, do I have to keep telling you guys how I was murdered? <laughs> um, uh, Kelly Kaler says, could there be another person of interest? Yes, because it's only 940. It's all reality TV. It's only 930, not falling for this Tom diversion. So what you have here is viewers very specifically looking at the clock and deciding is this a red herring based on how much time we still have left? People I did are it. smart. You oh, did I did it. Too. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. watching it a couple different points. I was like, mm, where are we going with this? Is he going to be not guilty? Yeah. Serena is the one that posted Anne, question mark, with the Jason Bateman saying her, question mark. <laughs> she thought of it. And I'm sure you I thought of it. I'm embarrassed I didn't think of it. I feel like I should have. You did. There's no way you didn't think of. I really didn't because when I saw her tweet, I was like, ah, hallelujah. That's amazing. How did I not get there? How did you not get there? Such a, I don't under, I, I reference Anne like Constantly. eight times a day in my regular life. Yeah, no, are you, I'm now I'm worried. Do you have a Something's headache? Do you have a migraine? I did have a headache actually okay, today. Then there we go. Okay. Tanya Turner said, just tuning in, I see this is a story about a handsome, single, small-town vet, and I immediately thought of Ted from Schitt's Creek. But Anne is no Alexis, and also this story is not funny. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Dateline producer said, Larry happened to be going to a marriage counselor for whom Tom's sister worked as a receptionist. Is that Tom's sister worked at a receptionist at Larry's office And Larry went and said out loud, he had never seen so much blood. But how did he know that? Okay. Was, here was one thought that I had. Was Larry friends with one of those Bobo deputies that came to the house and was like throwing stuff away? Is Larry friends with one of them and they could have shown him some pictures? But how would they have shown him pictures so fast? Right, on Monday. And there were only 12 pictures taken. And, and But Larry would say, I probably said, I imagine there was so much blood, or I'm sure there was so much blood. No. How, why would you say that unless you were there? Unless- We've had like one episode before, if anyone can remember, there was one episode before where someone said something weird about the crime scene. Yeah. And it was like, how would they know that? But it turned out they didn't do it. So. I feel like this may have deserved a second watch. I needed to watch it yeah. a second time. Uh, Alba says they both reach for the gun with and put the Chicago theme. The Chicago. They both reach oh, for yeah. the gun for the gun. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh this. Oh yes, oh yes, they both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. I love that song. Um, oh, that's funny. Uh, the okay, talking about the file that the investigator has on his desk for thirteen years. Todd says if nobody else has the guts to say it, then I will. 
Brian Ryan deserved better than Times New Roman on his case file. I mean, the man was a doctor. Use Calibri or Cambria or Trebuchet MS Bold if you're into that sort of thing, but show the man some respect. Oh, that's hysterical. I love font outrage. I love font nerds, too. They're the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Robert says, I love bloodhounds. They look like canine undertakers. That's amazing. They do. Yes, they do. That's a brilliantly astute observation. Um, Ema says, this is all Anne's fault. Oh, Sorry. God. Don White said, so we don't like Anne, right? What? And Flutie's girl said, it seems everyone hates Anne. I don't. No, um, you guys Sally all B calm said, down. Can you imagine being called to a jury service, finding out it's a murder case, which will require your full attention for an unknown amount of time? Then imagine seeing the chairs in the jury box. Um, Jennifer, they found this man not guilty, yet Dateline is still filming his interview in some sort of dungeon. Where was this filmed? I think we right. already established it was where you fight monsters in the 1800s. The producers didn't reply to that? No. Ugh. But they do it on purpose to make you think he might be in prison. Right, of course. Then this final tweet, this is just for you. This is someone who I think is your soulmate. Jaro says, I can't wait until Goodwill opens up again so I can start my Keith Morrison purple blazer hunt. Hashtag end COVID. Hashtag Katie Googled Goodwill opening. (laughs) Goodwill SoCal opening literally 24 hours ago. I heard stuff was opening and I'm like, huh. I wonder how they're doing it. And then I realized what it would take for me to actually go there would be like a full body suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Especially, it worth it? No, it's no. It's I would not. say no, but it's I don't not. really particularly love going to Goodwill. But I've gotten really good at resale shopping online. Let me just put it that way. I'm the okay, queen. Good. Oh, God. More clothes. More clothes from Drag Race. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow us on social media. Please give us five stars on iTunes. Please. iPodcast, Apple Podcasts. What's it called? Apple Podcasts. Apple. That's it. Applecast. Yeah. And check out our Patreon. We're doing 90. I don't know if we say this enough because people still ask me every week. You guys do 90 Day Fiance recaps? Sure do. We've been doing them all season long on our Patreon. And we just don't talk about it a lot. But it's really, really fun. Um, And you get a bonus episode every month as well. And And it's. A certain levels, a live YouTube chat, which is coming up very soon. Oh my gosh. It will be this coming weekend after this episode comes out. So I think it's going to be on Saturday. That's Ooh. most of the votes are for Saturday. Okay. Tell Oliver. Thank Who's you, Oliver? everyone. I don't know. Uh, you're getting married to this Jaro person who wants to go to the um, Goodwill for look for a Keith jacket. Yeah. Or I'm at least going shopping with them. So thank you guys and be safe. Wash your hands. Continue to please watch alone. Yes, please. For the time being, thank you very much. You can do it. Just a little bit longer. A little bit longer. We got this. But when it opens up, I say we do flotilla. Still got to do flotilla. the germs in flotilla. Well, aren't they all washed down the river? Aren't they all just killed by the alcohol that they're soaking in? That's a very good point. But how many people pee during flotilla in the water? All. Let's get through this social isolation and then we'll rethink flotilla okay i'll meet you back here sometime in 2021 copy that (laughs) bye everybody bye i haven't met Anne. yeah you did you you let her in that that's her right over there 
Oh, hey, oh, yeah. you. Hey, you. <laughs> she calls it a May and egg. And when did you get here? We rode up in the elevator together. <laughs> You've met her so many times. You've met her. You've met, met her and met her. Is she oh, Annabelle. Just Annabelle, I, no, ju- I no, call her, call it's Annabelle. Anne. I call her Annabelle because she's shaped like she's a, a, she's the bell she's of the, the ball. Bell of the ball. <laughs> no, it is, my favorite one is the, um, is the, uh, Anne, she's entering, a, she's in a beauty pageant. Uh, he's like, so Anne, what, what's she doing in a beauty pageant? She, uh, she running the lights or something? No, <laughs> she's entering it as a contestant. Silence, silence. It's sort of an inner beauty pageant. There we go. Okay. <laughs> it's so flawlessly done. It is. Even if you don't watch Arrested, I'm telling, I'm speaking to everyone else. If you don't watch Arrested Development, go search Anne. Go on YouTube. They have, yeah. they have montages. Anne Veal, yeah. Arrested Development. It's like, it's such a great running gag. Yeah. It's so good. Ugh. <laughs> Michael Bateman at his, Michael Bateman? No, his name is Michael on the show. Jason. Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah, yeah, I knew it the minute I said it. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> You're close. At his finest. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So and dry. Michael Sarah. So perfect together. So Michael perfect. Sarah? Yeah, Michael Sarah. Okay, you there we it. go. 